0: Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, Nathan. How are you, my friend?
1: I am so good, Pam. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, my goodness. It is such an honor to have you, my friend. Honestly, like we were just talking about how when we met each other, Like it was just energetically like, yes, when you're meeting that person, you're just like, this this person's freaking amazing. Like we're on the same wavelength, doing amazing things, wanting to impact the world and all the things. So, so grateful to meet you and so grateful to have you here today, my friend.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So I have one of my favorite questions that I love to start off with a bit of a loaded one, Nathan, if you will, but I think you can handle it. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today?
1: Well, you know, I have had a couple of different careers, so to speak. So when I was in my high school and college years, I was actually a professional musician out of high school and college. And so I really enjoyed playing and, you know, finding ways to connect musically with people. I played in the orchestra, I conducted choirs, I have been on the radio, i played for thousands of people, led worship in lots of cool things. And so I really enjoyed doing that but it was very hard to pay the bills in a way that was really delivering financially what I wanted to experience. And so I like, I think many people discovered real estate through Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, I was literally sitting in a booth at a restaurant overhearing this guy talking about real estate. And I walk over and like three weeks later, I'm in business with this guy. And the first day I bought a house, I bought two. So that's like a really Tight snippet, but maybe indicator of how I operated on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. We're going to unpack that for sure. But what did you want to be as a kid growing up? You mentioned that you were a professional musician. So was it that
1: as a kid? Uh, No, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And so I would, my uncle went to the Air Force Academy and flew planes and my, my grandfather had flown planes. And um, so I was obsessed. I was like making all the, the plastic models when I was a kid. So I had planes hanging all over my bedroom, but uh, I was at the time well over six foot. So I was like, do I fit in a cockpit? And I also, you know, get dizzy really easily. So, you know, <laughs> flying a fighter pilot or flying a fighter jet, probably not a good mix.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that. So you're a professional musician. So when did you get into music and what did you play?
1: Yeah. So since fifth grade, so I I started playing string bass. So I remember, like, I don't have lots of like high detail memories, but I remember walking into that, into that like musical arts class as a fifth grader, you had to start with violin. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't, don't give me this little thing. I want that one like the big one in the corner and so we had with some you know I don't know 80s 90s Ford Taurus inside so literally in 5th grade would haul this string bass with like the scroll which is the top you know end of this bass hanging out the side of the window of the car and you know getting this thing home to practice so i played bass so i played string bass but i still play electric bass and play piano and play guitar
0: that is amazing did anyone inspire you on that journey as a kid getting into music?
1: Well, my parents were really into, James Taylor was like a huge influence for me as a as a kid. And then, you know, in college, it was the Jack Johnsons and the Dave Matthews, and then John Mayer came out and also Ray Charles, like piano and keys and stuff. So I have a pretty wide variety of stuff. And, you know, as a classically trained musician, and, you know, I have a theory background too. So it's, it's kind of interesting navigating that that problem right because even today honestly pam i i love going to live music but it's also hard for me because i know it's like watching the matrix you know i can see the notes and i know what's happening and i understand sonically what's happening and so it's kind of like a cop watching cop shows you know that's so
0: <laughs> i know that's like new construction i can walk
1: in any place and i'm like that trip yeah so good they are like what are you just shut up and enjoy the moment please <laughs> I know, it's so true. And I remind myself this, but it doesn't mean I always am at my best on. But yeah, I love, I love music. And I still play to this day, really enjoy playing, singing, all of it.
0: I love that, Nathan. Oh, my goodness. As a kid, I actually used to sing, dance, perform and do all the things. I didn't know how to play any instruments, but I would just perform and like entertain. And that was my thing, like family parties and things like that. So music has always been my thing since I was a kid. And then, you know, growing up, I used to make mixtapes for my dad. So I used oh to have CDs that would say like DJ Pammy B. Cause you know, CDs back in the day. And wh- while he was doing pizza deliveries, he was listening to my music that I put on here. Cause when I was 10 years old, I would go on deliveries with him at the pizza restaurant. We're both jamming in the car. So I started making CDs for him. And then eventually like skip forward to college is when I started DJing. And like music's always been like one of my biggest, biggest things. And I just like have so much fun with that. And So I can resonate that like music is just like this beautiful thing that, Collaborates the entire world together. It, it's an unspoken language. I always say so. It's so beautiful, so
1: beautiful. I love music.
0: <laughs> All kinds it, of music. it is.
1: It's amazing. I love your DJ name, and I also love the picture <laughs> of like imagining you. I have a newly minted nine-year-old, so I can just only imagine like she and I were jamming down the road last night, headed home, yeah. and uh, I think it was a Carrie Underwood song or something. But just that connection for you and your dad, like having that musical time together too, and. I look over at my daughter's name is Grace, you know, and she's like oh, singing this song and giving it all that. So, oh that's man, that's
0: beautiful. I mean, that's gonna affect her forever, and music's gonna be like her, you know, like her soul, like much like yeah. so it was the same thing with me and my dad. We'd be jamming out. You're jamming out with Grace, and she's probably cool. gonna be doing something amazing in music some point down the line too. She's
1: got a voice. She's got yeah. a voice. I yeah. So that's we'll see. True. I've tried not to like push any one direction, just so that like, hey, whatever you're fired up about. Let's do that. And I've got your back, but you're going to do it a hundred percent.
0: I love that. Oh my God. And music is such a beautiful thing. And it's, oh my God, I could talk about that like forever. I just, it's so freeing, like the rhythm, just all the things, like the different cultures, the different techniques, the different sounds, the different, like, and then there's sound healing and sound frequencies. Like, for, like it's a whole, it's a whole shebang there. So I, I love that you're a professional musician. That's so cool. So walk me through kind of like your, your high school into like your career, Stage and kind of how that all happened, right? Because it's so interesting. And now you're in real estate, coming from a professional musician, that journey is so cool to me. So I want to hear all about it.
1: High school, I played you know string bass in the symphony, sang in the choir, and we get to do a lot of cool things: traveling, singing, playing, whatever. And I was also in on the church side of things. I spent a lot of time doing these big youth events. So we'd have like a mm-hmm. thousand, two thousand kids show up, and there were maybe fifteen or twenty of us that were on this like youth council thing. And so even from a a pretty early age, like the the design of of events and how do they run and how do you get a thousand kids or, you know, whatever through. So, and then I got to have all those experiences at a pretty young age, as well as doing like mission trips and stuff through that too. So that was a a big part of of my upbringing. And still to this day is a big deal for me on the kind of philanthropy and mission side. I started playing music, went to college. I was probably much better at the chasing girls, going to the bar, playing music and music classes than I was, say, being a college student, but I was very effective at the Van Wilder plan, and I did finally graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in Humanities, which is not what I started out or the second or third or fourth degree that I was studying, but I did manage to finally graduate, so that was good.
0: I love that. (laughs) Pivots Uh, are so
1: funny, right? Like you just think you're
0: going to go in for one thing and then the other. And like, I talk to these kids and they're so hard on themselves, right? Like college kids these days, I call them kids. I don't know why I do because I- college year me 10 me. years ago <laughs> so, like, what do you mean, 20 20 for me pam
1: <laughs>
0: so, and so you know i'm talking to them and i'm like it's okay like i've changed my major like twice in college like and i thought i was dead set on something and it's like this is your time to like trial test like what works what doesn't right and like for you yeah. you pivoted a few times and like that's totally okay you figure out what you like what you don't like and that's the yeah, magic it, all right
1: it is and you know and yeah, I kind of made light of it, but really enjoying that time. And I, when I even think about people going to college now, like if you spend a year traveling Europe, I actually think it's a great idea or go into the military. If that's your thing, go into the Peace Corps, like go find yourself. Don't feel yeah. forced to be just going to college unless unless that's what you want to do and do that. But um, I had a blast in college, probably more fun than, than a human should have. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, and I love playing out and love love that experience. Out of college, I was hawking guitars at this really cool local guitar shop that like everyone had, wanted to work at, and I worked in the acoustic room. And so I got to like manage all these really high end, beautiful guitars. So I literally spent every day like tuning guitars and playing guitars and selling guitars. And so I just I love that. Through that, I you know had that experience I told you about meeting this person and starting a business, which, you know, I'll just give you a real quick snippet, uh, which was it did not go well with this guy at all. So everything that could go wrong went wrong. He stopped showing up. He's going through a divorce. He was maybe an alcoholic, you know, just showed up on Fridays and asking for money. and, And so like all of a sudden I'm through trying to figure out like not just, How do you buy a real estate, you know, piece of real estate? But then, like, what do you do? How do you manage construction? And how do you manage people? And how do you do a budget? What do you do in construction? So, kind of got thrown into that in a real way, real fast. But fast forward, you know, I did a handful of deals, had some real struggles, went through bankruptcy in 2009 after having a number of things just not go the way I wanted them, not go the way we'd planned. Some bad luck, not having enough cash, you know, there's lots of things that went there, but certainly take ownership of that. And then since you know, twenty fifteen, my business, we'd flipped, you know, seven hundred houses or so over the course of a few years, started doing some development stuff. And this year we we did our first seven figure exit deal, which is really cool. Yeah, it's wild. So it's been quite the journey through all of those things and building a company and yeah. trying to see like the size and, and fit of it too. For sure.
0: For sure. And I mean, also too, Nathan, like it's not easy to just go into something that's entirely new, right? Like there's a lot of people in real estate who want to get into real estate, especially development, but there's like this analysis paralysis kind of stopping them. And I see that mm. constantly and I'm like, well, what like what is, what the heck is that? And you seem to have just gone like right in. So tell me about that like first deal and things that kind of did go wrong and then things that did go right, you know, in the, in the beginning, like when you did that first partnership, because maybe there's someone out there right now that might be in the same situation. You might just say. 10%.
1: <laughs> well, hundred percent, you know, I think in that analysis paralysis, just like, you know, political spectrums or whatever, you have that like pendulum swing. And I think over here is that analysis paralysis and over here is me. Whereas like, I don't even know if there's like a ready fire aim. It's like fire aim and I'm an avid hunter. I know what it feels like to pull a trigger and like be on target. It's it's really important. It was one of those things for me that yeah, I jumped into it so fast without really having a plan either. And so I think there's kind of both ends of that spectrum we can learn from, which is you know, analysis, paralysis. At some point you have to make a decision to do something, otherwise nothing's gonna happen. And if you're, you know, the person like me who all of a sudden you're like build the plane while you jump off the cliff, sometimes <laughs> it's nice to like Spend a few minutes with the blueprints and like, take a breath and work through it. So but I would say that, you know, overall, that passion and that desire to win and the willingness to do it in a quick way has served me well. But it's also put me in some circumstances that have been, you know, very uncomfortable
0: yeah and I mean that's so this is the thing about real estate that people don't talk about I mean I know like there was a point like when I was like maybe two three years in that I bought more than I could handle and I didn't properly financially forecast and I didn't budget the cash flow that I would need to pay certain things and then Mm -hmm. on payments and that hit me on my credit like this stuff happens if you don't plan well or if you get overly ambitious right yes Think that things are going to go the way that you wrote them down as when genuinely like you need a ridiculous amount of reserves to like make sure that you, God forbid, a project takes two, three, six months more longer than it should, that you're protected, right? So what were some of the mistakes that you made, Nathan, in your experience?
1: Well, I would say a misunderstanding or, or not having clarity of roles and responsibilities in a partnership or in a contractor. You know, laying out what a clear scope of work is, and and having clear uh, guidelines of what that is, and and that's tied to JAWS and so forth within a project. By the way, if you have experienced these more than one time, which I am guilty of, don't think that you're alone there too. So, uh, unfortunately, I've had to relearn some of these things over and over. I would also say, you know, the type of contractor. Uh, is important you know and who's that person or what what is their company what is the size of their company and what is the outcome you want to actually have achieved in that project because it really makes a difference third which has been more and more of a mission for me lately i'd say over the last year or two is you know what is it actually for like why are we actually doing this in this medium of real estate or whatever widget is that you're working on building, creating, why are we building it? And what is the right size for that thing? And, and for you specifically as an entrepreneur. And so that's something I've really spent a lot of time with and dialing in on and sometimes suffering in and being frustrated by. But um, it's been a really important question.
0: I love that. Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, there's all types of lessons that we learn in real estate, right? But partnerships are definitely huge. I mean, I've had my run in with that as well, right? Where you are assuming things and then the other person's not on the same page. and like, because yeah. you're like such an open gifted person that you're like, Oh, I trust everybody. Like, you know, you yeah. expect everyone to react in this world as you would and then you realize like life doesn't work that way, right? So, you learn the hard way. So, I too have been through through those struggles as well and I mean, it's just, you know, you pick yourself back up and you keep rolling and you keep grinding and, you know, I really with this, I want to mention and bring in your book because you just launched one called No Quitters Guide, which I think is incredible and I think that's going to speak a lot to mindset and all the amazing things of what got you through this, because not only did you go through this multiple times, you know, multiple struggles in building the business. Now you've scaled it, grown from it, and now you've flipped over seven hundred houses. Like that's so crazy. So tell me all about the book and like the mindset and all the things kind of attached to that, because I know it'll definitely speak on your journey.
1: Sure, I appreciate that, and I have to tell you. So they showed up at my house. I'm holding the first physical copy of the book. Oh my god! Yes! Um, wow! So- yeah, it's really crazy when you like you look at this and you think about all that time that you you spent with working on this. So I hired a coach. I went through a process of of doing that. I actually wrote the book in, and then I I wrote the whole book, seventy two thousand words in nineteen days. And not like ghostwriter, none of that. Me, this computer, I'm recording this podcast with you on, and lots of Spotify playlists. Well, actually, lots of single songs over and over and over. To be very clear, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I reread it and I really hated it. And so I ended up writing the first chapter again, second chapter again, my coach is like, this is so much better. And so I ended up literally rewriting the entire book again, 66,000 words. And so I basically wrote, you know, two or three, the equivalent of two or three books in the process. Wow. But it was my goal to not just write a real estate book, it was to the secondhand part of the title is to crushing real estate investing and building an extraordinary life. I really like, this is a passion for me. How do we help inspire people and and inspire ourselves to really do cool stuff and that we're passionate about doing and that we are fulfilled in our life and we have love and we have joy and excitement and you know, I have a little crazy too in me. So, you know, got in a fist fight in a cage at age 39 in front of like a few thousand people. You know, sometimes we have to do these things uh, in order to. So the book just kind of chronicles through like what I believe about what real estate is. You know, so chapter one literally is the problem. If I only I could change my life, you know, how many people are like, oh, if only I could do that. I'm like you can You can. And then just kind of working through like what my belief was about what real estate is and isn't, and how we can utilize that as a tool and utilize money as a tool. And then, you know, creating a life and a business that serves us and serves our team and serves the clients in a really meaningful way. I
0: absolutely love that. And I mean, listen, success is a mindset, right? So, for you, what has been like your biggest mantra or like belief system that has helped keep you going and keep that beautiful spirit of yours like always shining and and grinding?
1: Well, there's a quote. So I have a huge whiteboard to my right that sits in my home office here, and there's a Jerry Rice quote that there's a lot of people that like take pieces of it, but it's today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. Uh, Jerry Rice. And I think for me, I have an, a natural passion or like an innate passion to do stuff. I can't just sit, which is also, you know, again to that the paradigm or the dichotomy of that, like pushing from one direction or the other, it's too much. But also just the belief that I can do something and I can create what I want. And it's not a matter of whether you anybody listening can create something that they want or not. It's a matter of if you have the determination and the perseverance and the patience to see that through.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're also always choosing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's really interesting about this life is when you're not consciously aware of your decisions or like your focus, right? Like, where is it that you want to go? It's extremely difficult to plan your life out because life's just going to pass you by. It's going to keep happening. Things are going to keep happening. Like, unless you choose otherwise, like you said, if you want to do something that nobody else is going to have tomorrow. You got to do it today. Right. You got to take action, right. You have to choose, then you take action and you move forward. Right. And that's just, you know, and then of course we have all our, our lessons, of course, because why would this life exist without lessons? Right. But you know, ask yourself, you know, what is happening for me? Right. How is this happening for me? Not to me kind of mindset, you know, and I sense entirely with you, with the quote you just mentioned in your mantra, because it's like, You really get to choose. That's the beauty of it all. And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, like life sucks. So why does it suck? What are you choosing?
1: Yeah. It's making it suck. Yeah. And what, and what can you do? Actually, can I redo another quote? Okay. I love that. So this is one that this just like, kicks me in the teeth <laughs> like so this is Theodore Roosevelt man in the arena so it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly who errs and comes up short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, but the best knows the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I have goosebumps, because it's just, you can't do anything meaningful, I don't believe, without putting yourself on the line. And going for it a hundred
0: percent and that poem Invictus I am master of my faith, captain of my soul yes like how freaking cool that we get to choose right we get to build about like what's step one in in building a magical life you got to figure out what you want
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: like you got to figure out what you want and from there it's like okay well what's not in alignment with what I'm trying to achieve right here and you look at your whole life Everything that it is that you're doing, you and you, I uh, amplify this, take this out, do this, and you get real clear on your action steps. And then that's how you manifest the, your goals, right, Nathan? Like, I'm sure people come up to you now, now that you're wicked successful, have it all together. And it was like, well, Nathan, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you, yes. how'd you scale the company the way that you did? And that's a question that I have for you. Like, how did you go from all of this hardship? And then like, since 2015, being able to take something and scale it to the level that you have, and just having fun with it too, because I know some people in real estate development that literally have zero life balance, like they're cranking out in development and doing all these deals and flipping hundreds of homes and da, 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 da. But like their life balance is not there. And you seem to have found kind of the equilibrium, which I think is so beautiful. So.
1: Well, thank you. So one thing is, you know, journaling, you know, having a clear plan also helps you, you know, like By journaling and laying out that daily and weekly and monthly, quarterly goals, it really helps clarify what you want and don't want in reflection on that. And I also think, you know, a spirit of in practice of gratitude makes a huge impact. If it's always woe is me, then nothing is going to happen. You're in a fight or flight stage. You're not in a state, a powerful state to do anything. because. You know, caveman, woman, like fight or flight is you're saving your life. Well, now, you know, you're probably not having to save your life, but you put your body in that state and you're not going to be able to perform. So, you know, we were able to scale very quickly. And and I think that comes to that pendulum, right? Fire, fire, more gas on the fire. You know, <laughs> um, I will say I actually over the last couple of years, we've actually shrunk that business back down in a way that was more congruent with my partner and I's desire for what we wanted our business and our experience to look like. And, you know, I think the other thing, yeah, you know, and I hear this people who work like a 9 to 5 job too, which, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs we we, we work like the 2 to 2 job and sometimes we work nothing, which, you know, has has its own benefit and struggles, but I think anybody who wants to create something, they can literally start today by, by saying, here's a calendar, here's what I want that to look like. Here's the things that I would do and if you're struggling with that then listen to podcasts come talk to Pam come listen to all these amazing people you have on this podcast listen to other podcasts about people you're you are interested in and start writing stuff down and then you can try it on like a hat it doesn't have to you know you don't have to wear it forever just try it on see if you like it play guitar learn a language go travel on a cool experience go get in a fist fight whatever um (laughs) whatever it is right yeah, whatever it is, you know, for me I like the challenge of something. And um, you know, so even if you don't have that, you know, huge space of time, put a 15-minute block on your calendar for a podcast or a walk or put an hour on go hit balls at the golf, you know, driving range or whatever. That start to create those juices in that space because without having space to to find that, you're not going to have that journaling and meditation and when I'm at my best, I start my day every day.
0: I absolutely love that and there's something magical I think and I always talk about this when it comes to manifestation but like writing it down not on notes like on your phone like typing it out like pen to paper I don't know what it does but it like activates some magical things in this universe that it just helps bring things together and also constantly putting your energy and looking at it every single day too is also really helpful like looking at your goals every single day so I love that you mentioned journaling because it really helps keep track of what it is that you're doing even metrics even you know mm-hmm. I try to like I try to like take goals break them down so much that there's metrics to them so it's like well this week if how much further did I move the pendulum towards where I want to be, right? And then like kind of metrics on that. And I'm sure like when you scaled as well, that's kind of the thing, right? You start, you always start with one and you keep growing it out. So to any entrepreneur who's listening that may be in real estate for a while or looking to make a change or looking to scale, you know, what would be your best piece of advice when you, to go from like zero to 700 homes flipped
1: or, or what have you? Sure, well, I think, I think this was actually part of the reason I I wanted to write this book because I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that's just like grow, 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 scale, scale, scale. That's just not my philosophy anymore, but I experienced it in a real way. And I would say, you know, being able to start with the end in mind first, which is like, okay, well, how much money do I want to make? How much, how many hours do I want to work? Like you mentioned, you know, you know, people with development businesses that they probably work a million hours and they might make a bunch of money, but they're not happy they're not enjoying their life and uh you know i love in tim ferris's for Hour work week book he talks about like how he could build a life and doing some things that he wanted to do like running a fancy car or whatever it is that you know cost us a certain amount of money per month right. and i think when we really come back to it the cost of what we want doesn't it's not actually nearly what it is that we think it needs to be to live the life that we really want to So that's one thing. But on the building of a business, I would say, you know, find somebody who is doing what you want to do. The information is all out there. It's on podcasts. It's in libraries. It's in books. It's in, you know, mentorship and coaches and courses and masterminds. And it's out there. Take actual imperfect action and write down what that goal looks like, it's going to change. That's okay. But write the goal down, like write it down and work on it and tell everybody in the world whether they think you're crazy or not. And like you said, there's something special in the manifestation of something when you write it in pen to paper. Yes, I have notes on my phone. And yes, every time I get an airplane, I look at them and I have them for years, which is cool, but write it down and start with that.
0: I love that, Nathan. Oh my goodness. And like, honestly, one of my favorite questions... Of every podcast that I ask is honestly, what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now?
1: I have thought a lot, a lot about this over the course of this, you know, time in the market and the change in the market. And uh, one of the things that keeps showing up for me is sell less and keep more. (laughs) And uh, of the the (laughs) units that I had of those 700, I would love to have had a lot more of them than I have right now. You know, there's something really fun about collecting that money and you know, having big numbers and having a big team. But where I'm at today and the the window I'm looking through and the the thinking I have is like take as little income as possible and keep as much in assets and have that slow burn over time. And don't get caught up in buying a big house or, you know, buying expensive cars or whatever. And to be clear, I mean I live in a really nice house and I drive a fancy car, but that car is paid for by my assets. So have a clarity of your plan and patience and keep everything that you can keep.
0: Yeah, I, I am so with you on that. Like I look back on properties that I've flipped and I look, I remember like, what about the for, what I sold them for and what yeah. their value is now. And I ah! want to scream. So I'm so with you. It's like, you know, be real humble, live real humble for a while, right? Like house hack yep. at the beginning. That's exactly what my husband and I did five years ago. Like we bought a duplex. It's worth double now. We're literally going to be paying for a single family house, a rental income that's coming in from that. Like that's, that's the so way awesome. to do it. No matter how much cash you have, nothing like leverage the ish out of everything you have. Right. So, like you said, you're asking pay for you now. So now you're not like, Oh my God, I have to go work because I have to make my car payment. Oh my God. Like you have that cash flow, you know, which is beautiful. And I love that. I love that. Nathan. Oh my goodness. So in your world, like what's up in like the next six to 12 months, like what is happening? And you launched the book, which is amazing. we got to give details on that, but like what else is going on?
1: Yep. So I am really focused on some Airbnbs. So we've acquired, I have a couple of different partnerships that I've been doing that in, but we maybe somewhere between I don't know 12 and 20 (laughs) it's a kind of a wide range i don't remember exactly but we bought uh, quite a few and especially focused in like the luxury range so you know properties doing you know 65 75 100k a year gross out of one house yeah so i have a group of houses with a partner that we have five houses Well over two million in assets, and you know they'll do almost 400k in gross revenue, monster numbers. And so I'm really fired up about that. And then we have developments in Texas, and so we've been focused on building larger stuff. So we do both the infrastructure and the vertical, if the investor uh, buyer wants. And uh, we built and held, you know, 30 some units last year in Texas, and we'll do, you know, somewhere around another 50 this year, build to rent, and then buying some more Airbnb's, selling tens of thousands of books and I have a, a lot going on. I have an e-com business that was rolling as well so that's been fun um, helping people build some stores there too so yeah lot, lots going on
0: you're such an entrepreneur by trade I love that you're like I got the real estate I got of my books and then I have this e-commerce how cool is that oh my god I love that Nathan oh my goodness you've got to drop all the details on your book my friend like where can everybody find it
1: awesome well, I appreciate your question so I'm gonna hold it up again because I'm so excited so um, the No Quarters Guide, it's published by Morgan James. So I have a legit publisher. They're amazing. You can find it anywhere books are sold. So it's not just like the, you know, on Amazon, love Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. It's on Target. I'm working on getting it in to um, the airport bookstores too. Oh. So if, uh, honestly, we prefer everybody to go to Barnes & Noble because that, that helps us the most if you're going to buy it, go there. It's 13 chapters and it basically goes through, you know, all of the, if only could I change my life, how to do it, not to do it, real estate 101, and then kind of through some vision building. And then we're working on a mini course right now that'll be super inexpensive and can really help you like start the process of like, okay, well, Pam and Nathan talked about vision creation, but like, how do I do that? So like, we're going to build a video series as well as a worksheet to actually do that for yourself. So it'll be really cool.
0: That's so amazing. I am so excited for all the things like how beautiful is this that you get to do this at this point in life. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. Nathan. Thank you and oh yeah i'm so grateful for you here today my friend and now you've got to let everybody know where to find you where can everybody connect with you
1: yes absolutely so for the book noquittersguide.com there's a link there you can get it um we can also get you a free ebook whether if you can't afford it or if you just want to read it now before it comes out january 10th is the published date and then i'm on you know usually on on facebook or instagram so just Nathan Brooks Facebook and Nathan Brooks REI on Instagram, and uh, we can connect there. And uh, man, you are so wonderful and awesome, and I appreciate the spirit which you approach your podcast and your business and your life. And so, it's just such a joy to hang out with you.
0: Thank you so much, Nathan. It's honestly yeah. such an honor to have you here today. Love your energy, everything you're up to in the world, everything you're doing, what you're creating. I'm I absolutely love it. So, thank you so much for being here today, my friend. So grateful. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so so much love. Underdogs,
1: underdogs, underdogs. All we know is all the like some Underdogs. underdogs.